We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Roadware NFL Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo DFS. I'm, of course, Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports and join alongside me, as always, is the illustrious Jake Latarski. You can follow him at Roto Jake. Of course, this is going to be a waiver wire pickup uh, podcast mm-hmm. when the season starts. This is, in fact, the last episode of our, uh, at least, uh, podcast stuff where we're talking about anything else besides waiver wire pickups. Mm-hmm. So next week, we'll kind of touch on some of the players that uh, have low owned rates, what we're thinking, at least in 10, 12, 14 lean formats, and some guys will be targeting when we're talking about free agent pickups. Mm-hmm. But today, today, this podcast is going to focus on an auction draft I had on Tuesday, the stake league auction, at least my side, Jake, or I'm sorry, John and Mario had talked about their version of the one that you were yeah. in, Jake, uh, on last Thursday's podcast. We're going to talk about my mm-hmm. stake league draft um, and go over a little bit yeah. of some of the other drafts we have coming up. So we'll revisit some of the strategies we talked about in earlier auction podcasts and then, and then kind of talk about maybe who's hot and what some of these strategies. I mean, an auction that we did this weekend is very different to an auction that we did in mid-July already because yes. you have you know situations and news continuing to develop, especially the huge news from uh, this past weekend that we'll get into a little bit. So we'll talk about your teams, of course, but uh, of course, a lot of listeners out there, I'm sure, have that 
I don't care about your fantasy team vibe, but we're going to try to spin this in a way where uh, we talk about the strategies used to get there, reiterate some auction tips, and then talk about some hot players heading into this final, really what's the final draft weekend, unless you're doing it the week of week one. I hear a lot of people like, oh, I don't want to hear, I don't want to talk about your team. And I totally get that. For whatever the reason, at least when I'm doing SiriusXM stuff or even on Twitter, I get questions about Stake League. That, that, for whatever the reason, has generated some important yeah. some importance mm-hmm. across Twitter sphere forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a $50 fillet on the line at least. So, oh, yeah. Uh, that's a $200 thing at least mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, I know. Our league entry fee is kind of a joke because our league entry fee is like a quarter <laughs> of what it had actually pay what what, what you'll actually owe as a buyer in stake league at the end of the year because that's usually it's around 200 unless they offer the side of lobster tail in which case then it gets above 200 a person because how can you turn down a side of lobster tail i have people that generally don't care about what i do for my job my mom in particular who will ask me how did the stake league draft go she (laughs) she will make a point to ask that my wife as well has the same thing she doesn't care at all about any of the other leagues well, are you going to have to pay $200 for the stake league? Okay, that's that's the thing that she focused on. So mm-hmm. we'll get into that again. We'll talk some of the strategies that we had discussed, at least one of our first podcasts with the auction. But let's get to the biggest news. We we heard Chris Liss and Jeff Erickson yesterday on the RotoWire Monday podcast talk about Andrew Luck and the retirement. We, we can discuss for days the booing and the Colts and everything else. Let's just focus on the fantasy aspect of this because it is one of the biggest bombshells that might have happened in the fantasy industry a week before the season starts, right? I mean, like last week was the biggest draft um, day, I think, for or draft week for most people. You had mm-hmm. said that, right? Yeah, I would say that statistically the most drafts happened last weekend, even though like I would recommend that you try to do Labor Day weekend if you can. For this everyone's... exact reason. Exactly. <laughs> for this exact reason for some of the players that we're about to talk about. But I mean, people have plans, people are camping, so it becomes a little bit difficult. Right. Uh, you know, like the the hometown league that I commissioned, you know, that, that draft's happening on Labor Day at 7 seven, eight o'clock at night because everyone's kind of back from their trips settling in. Now it's time for football season. And then we're even doing another draft uh, that you're setting up on Tuesday, another staff one. So uh, again, best time to do it. But uh, last weekend was definitely the most uh, common one. And there was some news that could have shaken things up mid-draft for a lot of people. Absolutely. And and when the report first came in from Adam Schefter, I didn't believe it. Like I, I had to make sure that it was just not mm-hmm. a fake account. I don't know if yeah. you felt that same way. Mm-hmm. I always look for the blue check mark first because there's, yeah. there's somebody screwing with you. It just was, it was an impossible thing to comprehend at the time. And my wife's favorite player is Andrew Luck. Probably the only reason she cares at football at all is because of Andrew Luck, and as a result, she's become mm-hmm. a Colts fan. We went to Lucas Oil Field uh, or Stadium last year and watched a game. What is it with the ladies in the neck beard? Because there was an old restaurant coworker <laughs> I used to have that just loved Andrew Luck and the Colts. I think she was a Peyton Manning, but there's some. I don't know. Maybe I should work on He's, my neck. So beard. her her allure to Andrew Luck is entirely because he has to be the geekiest football player she has ever seen in her life. Right? <laughs> the neck beard plays a part. 100%. Nice hit, buddy. Nice hit. Yeah, that, that <laughs> keep was, it coming. Ninety nine. That's actually that he the best complimented part. <laughs> people after getting hit the the fact that he had a book club is something that she always brings up as well she felt like he was a really wholesome guy and i agree with that whatever andrew luck's brand was was while he was playing careers going on felt like it was true to the person i think we can all sort of relate to that so i was afraid at least initially when i had to break the news to her but she handled it really well in the fact that she was happy for andrew luck the fact that he was leaving obviously he's been injured now for the past four seasons as we heard in that press conference and it it 
it felt a little bit resolved, at least my feelings, after she kind of confirmed that. I was curious what you thought, um, being in the Bartle household and having someone that cared so much about luck, it was a little bit different than I think a lot of people out there that um, just had the fancy aspect mm-hmm. in relation to luck. Yeah, at first it was kind of a gut punch, and I was like, man, what's he what's he doing? But then, you know, I thought about it, the initial reaction wore off, and I was like, man, this makes so much sense. It does. He's so much smarter than any quarterback. Why would you not retire while you still have brain cells left, while you can still lift your throwing arm? You know, it just... and. He, you think, oh, he's left all this money on the table. He's also made a bunch of money, oh, yeah. and he's got plenty of avenues to continue doing so. So um, I'm all for that decision. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more like more like this. Everyone's like, it's the most crazy thing since Barry Sanders. And I'm like, well, one, craziest thing since Calvin Johnson, I think, is the most, right. more recent one. Or you can even talk about one of our Badgers, Chris Borland, after uh, just a very, very short career. But um, but yeah, overall, you know, and then, then you look to the fantasy aspect. You have to, because as much as these players are, in fact, human, and we have to acknowledge that, our job is to treat them like stocks. So, we, well, hold on for for a brief five minutes of the announcement. I entertained the possibility that there was this conspiracy theory happening with Andrew Luck, and I always walk around mm-hmm. with a tinfoil hat. So this isn't anything new mm-hmm. for me. But Oliver Luck, Andrew's dad, is actually the commissioner of the XFL. So for about, oh boy, for yeah, about right. five <laughs> minutes, I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. He's going to retire for one year, and the next year come to the XFL and completely make Vince McMahon's league relevant. This is insane. And then I watched the press conference, and I completely got rid of that idea. I just thought if if you had entertained that thought process at all, I had even thought. Like, Do you have a favorite day? overall conspiracy theory? Not to get too off the rails here. Uh... You know, I'd have to sit there and put down a list. There's a couple mm-hmm. that I really buy into. My that, favorite's the Avril Lavigne one, you know, the Canadian singer that actually halfway through her career, somewhere between complicated and girlfriend, she passed away and got replaced with a body double. Look it up <laughs> online. There's a bunch of wild wild theories <laughs> that support that. I've never heard that. Okay. Uh, no, I, I don't know if I have a favorite one, but I, I definitely like to... That's just a fun part that I, I enjoy mm-hmm. diving into. So I thought for five minutes maybe that, oh my God, Andrew Luck's going to the XFL next year. After listening to the press conference, I'm putting that aside. Let's get to the fantasy yeah, part of this. Some actual right. football stuff. I, I, I had we could do our own pod that. on conspiracy <laughs> theories. I'm I'm a nut, man. I can I, I go for days. But anyway, looking at the surrounding parts in this whole Andrew Luck situation, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to compare them to where we had him before, and then where they are after yeah. in the Roto Wire rankings. Um, so I guess you have to start with the quarterback. What does Jacoby Brissett do for you? Um, we bumped him up to QB 23. And if you look at um, NFFC drafts over the weekend, um, over you know when there was someone trying to react to this news, we, he's quarterback twenty seven, so he's not necessarily a lock to get drafted in a single QB league. Maybe if everybody in your league has to take two quarterbacks, you think about it. Um, but other than that, left on the waiver wire for now. Um, so he actually falls into consideration. The big one that the big one whose stock drops the most is T.Y. Hilton. We had him at wide receiver twelve, and now he's down at wide receiver twenty. I don't think it's completely hopeless for him. But if you were thinking about taking him in the second, third round, that's not no longer viable for me. I think fifth round is probably a more appropriate spot for him at this point. Late fourth, I can live with, I suppose. Um, and then Eric Ebron drops down. We dropped him all the way down to tight end nineteen, and he was cracking that top 12 kind of floating around and a tight end 19 I mean that's not even a player that necessarily gets drafted anymore uh, because you don't always need a second tight end especially if you get one of those big uh, four or five guys and the last one that you get asked about a lot is Marlon Mack we have him at running back 16 I think he changes the least because there's two sides of this coin. One, uh, the game script is going to be bad for him. They're going to lose more games, and he's going to see stacked boxes. On the other side of the coin, he gets a, a slightly more mobile quarterback, at least in my opinion, which should help, in theory, those outside zone runs that he has. So there's at least a, uh, a light in the, at the other end of the tunnel right now. We have him in a standard league. He's all the way down at uh, 16 
Personally, I'd put him up to 15. I'd bump him above Sony Michelle, but we do have him ahead of guys like Derrick Henry still, Melvin Gordon, Josh Jacobs, Mark Ingram. That's appropriate. He's just behind guys like Sony Michelle. I, I probably prefer Mac over Michelle still, but he's uh, just behind um, Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, Todd Gurley. So uh, that's kind of what the price you're looking to pay for him now. It didn't change a ton. I paid $40 for Marlon Mack in Stake League, which looking back, maybe that was a little bit high, but uh, I'm still okay with it. I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried about his season being a waste. I wasn't in on anybody in the Colts offense except Devin Funches and Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle, I'm completely out on. Well, I, was I don't even say I'd be out on Funches too. Right. Well, Funches, I'm fine with. There's still a guy that maybe catches a red zone touchdown pass, which mm-hmm. exactly how I was valuing him. Funches is the last pick in your draft. That's how I see it at this point. He was already the last pick. Well, he was he was rounds 11, 12, 13 mm-hmm. in uh, 20 round best balls, maybe. Right. I, so you can sell me on that. That's that's fine. And I, I I'm still fine acquiring a one or two dollar Devin Funches share anyway. Jack Doyle, I'm not on that. The mm-hmm. T Y Hilton thing. I thought was really interesting. So the stake league draft, uh, and we'll get to more of the results overall, but Hilton went for $31 in our league, and that was Tuesday. I did an auction league in an FFC one with my buddy Dylan McGee, and we'll talk about that as well more in depth. He went for $19 in this draft. I, I sat on that, I hovered on the bid up button for about five seconds, and I moved mm-hmm. off. So comparison, that team also has Stephon Diggs at 26 Three receivers, $200 budget? Yes. I think you're close there. I'd go up to about 22, and 23 in that format. And I didn't, my, my fear was I didn't want to get stuck with T.Y. Hilton. I, I felt like it was a 20 or $22 one, just like you did, that that was where I was mm-hmm. going to go to. But I didn't want to have T.Y. Hilton on my team. So Kenny Galladay went for $17. I like Kenny oh, Galladay wow. way more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, like, when it comes down to that, I, I would definitely be going Galladay for 17 But, man, I'd try to PPR get them both. I'd be, I'd be getting both of them if I could. This is a PPR mm-hmm. format. One Brissett was the quarterback in 2017, and different offensive line altogether, right? So we can't necessarily compare. And Brissett was was a uh, younger quarterback at the time. 57 receptions, 966 receiving yards, four touchdowns. That's T.Y. Hilton's line. I think you can probably assume the receptions go up a little bit more, maybe get 65, 70 catches, and maybe the yards as a result gets over 1,000 yards. But the touchdowns, I don't feel much more confident projecting six, which is what he had last year with Andrew Luck already under helm. I, I think that this is a situation where I'm completely out on him. You talk about a second or third round receiver where he was currently before the Luck mm-hmm. news. He's down to fourth or fifth. I'm not even going that direction. I don't want anything to do with T.Y. Hilton. I think that he was more of a boom or bust and normally boom when luck was quarterback and i need to see it first with percent before i even want to go anywhere yeah i'm, I'm fine getting him at a discount the thing is is i don't know if i'm necessarily going to be able to because it's, it's going to depend on the level of competition in your league if you've got people going in there just using the draft room list like he's not going to necessarily move down a ton True. and he still might go in the second or third round because he'll be sitting up at the top of the list when it's people's yes. picks so that has something to do with it but if i can get the fourth fifth round discount i'm absolutely inclined to do that and final say on this we have uh, as far as projections goes we have him projected for 74 receptions, 1,133 yards, and only six touchdowns. So the touchdown falls a little bit, and obviously he's not a huge PPR guy. Yeah. He's probably more valuable and standard because he's pretty big play dependent. He's a guy that's going to get you a lot of three- and four-point weeks, but he also still, you know, even if Brissett's less accurate, I still think he can sling it a little bit. He's still going to get you a couple 20-point weeks, 25-point weeks I'll mixed take in the there. under on receiving or receptions, and I'll take the under on touchdowns from those projections that we have. Mm-hmm. Worth pointing out, though, when you're in your – when you're coming up in your drafts and you're in a uh, – if there's somebody that's having to be auto-drafted, it's very possible you're going to plan your strategy if you do want to acquire T.Y. Hilton around somebody that's going to get auto-drafted T.Y. Because that's, that's very possible with how this is going to go that mm-hmm. you're going to see him go – Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even go that far. If you know he's going to get auto-drafted, 
drafted in the third round. Well, I guess I don't have T.Y. Hilton this okay. year. Okay. All right. I, I, just if you're really trying to aggressively acquire uh, T.Y., that's something to consider. Something you don't have to worry about getting auto-drafted at all and probably is going to jump up significantly, as we saw with the last NFFC Rotowire Online Championship. Duke Johnson, with the news that Lamar Miller is going to be out for the season with a torn ACL, he suffered that in the preseason Week 3 game. Duke Johnson went in the fourth round in the NFFC draft. I... I don't mind that price necessarily, but I'm curious, Jake, what you feel on Duke Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, he's, I'm a little lukewarm. Fourth round's too much for him. If you look at NFFC over the last five days, which you'll remind is a PPR format, we have him as uh, 69 overall, you know, so he's a little bit past that. If I could get him in the in the fifth or sixth round, I'd definitely be considering it, um, but Jeez, I don't know. We, so uh, projection-wise, we, we only have him projected for 155 rushing attempts here, 655 yards. Most of his value uh, comes from his role as a wide receiver, where we have him projected for 60 receptions for 544 yards. So definitely getting 1,000 yards uh, one way or another there. Uh, the rest of the depth chart doesn't necessarily scare me a ton. We're looking at your buddy Howell, Josh Ferguson's. Um, but Duke Johnson hasn't necessarily... Let's see, what's the most rushing attempts? He had over 100 rushing attempts his rookie season, and he hasn't since then. And he only had... a hundred and he only had 40 attempts for 200 yards last year. So t- technically his best yards per carry average, but behind the Houston offensive line um, as the feature back, I would be shocked if he gets five yards per carry you this get year. You so hung up on the, well, he hasn't got over 100 carries before thing. It's weird because you, you've applied that same logic. Well, to Damian Williams is the other one. I was going to mm-hmm. just apply that with Damian Williams. Because fourth round picks, you're thinking are bell cow backs, but and I, I didn't do that is. for somebody who's never done that before. Well, why can't you assume a bell cow? So is Josh Jacobs not going to be a bell cow back for the Raiders? That mean, he's had carries like that, uh, workload like that in college. No, actually, oh, that's wasn't. right, because Alabama actually yeah, you're right. caught me okay, on that point. one as well. But we were assuming Josh Jacobs is going to get 250 carries uh, because they drafted him in the first round. The same thing, I think, is applied for Duke Johnson. The same thing's applied for Damian Williams. In that auction draft that we're talking about, uh, Duke Johnson went for $24. Damian Williams went for $28. I'm Ooh. curious, of those two, which one do you find better value? 28 for Damian Williams or 24 for Duke Johnson? As lukewarm as I am on Damian Williams, if you get him under 30 bucks in a $200 budget, um, I'm willing to take on, I'm willing, I'm willing to stomp out my feel, some of my feelings about him for the possible upside of being that Chiefs back. And under $30, I agree. You know, once you're paying 40, 45, like that top tier running back, then I'm, then I'm way out and I'm way out. But uh, I don't know. For uh, Here's one I know you're going to get frustrated. Devonta Freeman also won for $24 in that league. Yeah, see, I'd, I'd go, I'd go Devonta Freeman. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to go. I still, that I think people. I, there's an injury risk with him, but I think people are way under drafting Devonta Freeman. You know, there's there's first round potential. You know, RB five or six upside there. So it's interesting that with Devonta Freeman being valued, you'd think less than most people. Again, twenty four dollars in that auction draft I just did mm-hmm. last night. There would be more incentive to acquire the backup. Ito Smith went for one dollar, and Brian Hill. Mm-hmm. was the, I think, third or fourth string guy also went for a dollar. So while no one wants Devonta Freeman, or at least for a significant price, they aren't acquiring the backup. So it's it's interesting logic, nevertheless. Yeah. I'm in on Duke Johnson as a fourth-round running back. I was in on Josh Gordon as a sixth or seventh-round receiver. So I'm I'm higher on both those guys' ADP, mm-hmm. and I think as a result, I'm probably going to get them more mm-hmm. often. And again, always look at your league formats, too. We have Duke Johnson as 27 in standard and RB23 in PPR, of course. Again, much of that value coming from the pass catching. And yeah, you just, you just have to decide how many carries that you individually project him as you can look at someone's projection right but that's going to be very dependent on how many carries do you agree with that carry number or do you not you need to critically analyze every projection here if you think he's a 200 carry back then he jumps into your top 20 and he's creeping up on your top 15 if you think yeah 150s that that's about right that's about all he can handle then he's rb 23 
We talked about Jimmy Garoppolo and his miserable pre- preseason outing last Tuesday's podcast, but when I, after at least listening back and hearing my Kermit voice when I was talking about Eric Ebron, I, I did catch that we never really discussed the weapons for the 49ers in particular. And I bring this up because Dante Pettis suffered a minor groin injury. It seems like every other week we're getting positive or negative reports on just about every member of the 49ers receiving core. How do you feel about a multitude of those guys, Marquise Goodwin, Dante Pettis, Jalen Hurd, uh, Kittle as well, certainly is a receiver, but he is a receiver in that offense. And the running backs as well. Like, there's a lot of guys that I like, but there's so many guys that are in that offense that I'm having a difficult time trying to pick which one I really want to try and acquire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I think uh, the one guy that I'm a little bit more interested in that seems to be going for cheaper next to nothing is Marquise Goodwin, uh, just because of the deep ball potential there. He seems like a dollar player. You can sneak at the end of drafts. Maybe I should check that to be sure. Um, again, he's a guy that hasn't really done it, but uh, back-to-back years now uh, with the 49ers average exactly, this is a funny stat, average exactly 17.2 uh, yards per catch. Uh, so he's a big play guy, definitely someone that you lean that is not going to be able to support you week to week in PPR, but we'll have his good week. So I like him. Again, that's if Jimmy Garoppolo can trust his knee. It seems that he's healthy and he's fine, right. but it might just be a mental thing about trusting that at this point. I don't intend to get – I'm not ready to pay the Kittle price where he's at right now. So chances are, I mean, for me, I'd almost rather have uh, O.J. Howard, for, even if it only comes at a couple bucks cheaper, and we saw that with our stake league auction. I'm not really in on the receivers unless I can get a guy like Goodwin for a buck at the end of the draft. Coleman I'm interested in. Same. Mildly. Top 20 running back, I would think. I think he could he be. He's the upside for yeah, that, certainly. Yeah, he's a viable RB2 because I don't think McKinnon's health is right either, and I don't think Breed is as good as Coleman is. So, that, I mean, that, that, that's simple for me. See, and I like Breed quite a bit, but I also like Coleman. And I've done it a few times in best ball drafts, and I haven't actually applied the logic in a snake draft, which wouldn't be anything more than probably a 10th round accumulation between Coleman and Breed at this point. But getting the stack of the 49ers backfield, and I truly believe it's a stack by either getting Coleman or Burita. I don't think McKinnon's in this discussion at all, and certainly his injury history last season and with the Vikings and now this year in the preseason has me completely out on him. But he's at least a $1 guy if you want to consider that route. A stack of the 49ers backfield isn't the worst thing at all, in my opinion, at least if you're trying to yeah. get a win condition that others aren't acquiring at the, mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, I mean, let's say you get Kelsey and three wide receivers with your first four picks. Uh, Coleman might be available there for you in the fifth round his ADP at least over the weekend is 57 uh overall 57.61 so there's um the price is good there and if you if you skip on running backs on those first three picks for whatever reason say you get Kelsey and a wide receiver at the turn and there's other wide receivers that you just can't pass up and then you want to start with a stack you've you've all you at least got one running back right you know I don't typically do this because it limits your upside on a week-to-week basis but you can start both guys at the same time if you have to unless you find one of those other guys that that breaks out because chances are if you start with those two and you know you're past sixth seventh round and you're looking for running backs you're you're just looking for boomer bust guys at that point anyway absolutely I we have a lot of great people that do podcasts on our network for NFL. And I'm forgetting who was saying in particular, but I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Breed or Tevin Coleman, one or the other, or frankly, both win you a few DFS contests each and every week. And while that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily apply to your season long games and formats, or at least your there's more risk involved in that. I do think the logic is similar where it's mm-hmm. possible by week 13 or 14, one of those guys has emerged as the true guy and you're taking him rounds nine or 10 or 11. And then mm-hmm. that could really end up returning some solid value. Isn't that the greater thing about DFS? DFS, your season's never over. Yes. If, you're, if you've lost your regular season, you get a couple injuries, you can at least try to chase that money in DFS, which I think brings us perfectly into our read here. Yeah, uh, well, you're right. Uh, we're going to have a, uh, at least a 
sponsor, word from our sponsors, Yahoo DFS. It's officially August, which means football season is around the quarter. And Yahoo Fantasy has introduced a new fantasy football game called Best Ball that lets you get in the action now. With Best Ball, you draft your fantasy football team, and that's it. You don't need to do a thing once you've drafted your team. Each week, the top scoring players at each position on your roster will automatically count towards your weekly score. That's why I like the Tevin Coleman, uh, Matt Breida, Best Ball, at least stack i think that's fantastic for this purpose in particular forget about the time commitment no waiver wire no trades no adding or dropping players no having to make those tough start or sit decisions focus on the best part of the fantasy football season the draft tired of doing mock drafts for your fantasy team and having the other players drop out early or just not finish altogether free best ball leagues give you the most accurate adp or average draft position of players before the season starts can't get enough fantasy football but don't want to manage those teams all season we can draft up to 50 best ball teams play for free or play for cash but most importantly get to draft with Yahoo Fantasy Best Ball. Join a league today at yahoo.com slash best ball. Coming soon to the Fantasy app. All right, let's get to some of the auction stuff. And again, we had talked about one of our first podcasts, just general auction strategies overall. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually got a firsthand account of applying some of those things, maybe not so much in our our version of the Stake League draft, but certainly in the NFFC draft that I did yesterday. And we'll kind of go over some of the teams. So mm-hmm. I think the best way to do this, is, at least for the listeners, is running through the teams. I will actually link the article that Chris List wrote on our side of the draft in the tweet that I post out. Um, but here's the team that at least I put together. So Baker Mayfield at quarterback for $11.00. Really interesting when Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. went for 20 plus, and then we had Deshaun Watson for $18. And then there was a lot of the Matt Ryans, Lamar Jackson actually went for nine in our league as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of those guys went for around the eight to 10 range, and I got Baker Mayfield at 11. Yeah. I paid six for, so, so there's two stake leagues. There's one for the West Coast, and there's one for Madison uh, HQ. And I know Joe's here at Madison, but it's just kind of a weird split based on when you were added to the league yes. and when it, when it was needed. You technically play in the West Coast stake league, but they're not making you fly out to LA to buy a stake. We apply that to our tornado room here in madison <laughs> anyway just complicated so there's two of them joe's in one of them i'm in another one and uh looking over our teams right now joe um i don't think we have a single player in common yep that's a, that, that, that'd be zero at least uh at least in yeah in the starting lineup oh i think i might have got i don't know if i included them in there but i think i had josh gordon as well oh there we go yes that, okay because that's I, the one player we have in right, common right. because we had just talked about it on the pod right before the <laughs> right thing before. and we all got we both got a little tingly for josh gordon and i paid 11 for him in mind what did you pay for I think him it was ten dollars is the very first okay, so nominated right player yeah. of course yeah he's the very first nominated player i'm like okay what are my strategies here you know you can get uh values early especially if you're uh if your owners are all pretty smart in, in the league if you have well-respected owners usually some of the values happen early and then of course someone wants to and that throws in a nomination strategy too like you don't want no part of josh gordon you want yeah don't want to deal with the possibility of him just being a zero at some point in the year throw him out early let somebody else spend their money on him so uh that's the one player that we have in common i paid a dollar more uh, a couple interesting strategies about your team that uh, i think might might actually apply uh to overall auction strategies you took just one quarterback here this is a 14 team league uh $11 for Baker Mayfield once you have that guy especially if he doesn't have an early bye week uh I'm I'm in big time favor of going with one quarterback and then you ended up getting that allowed you to get guys like Peyton Barber Tyrell Williams Michael Gallup some of your sleepers there at the end that you know maybe aren't guarantees to pan out but could very well end up panning out so uh uh what's your take on one quarterback in auctions yeah I like it overall and especially in this form I was trying to get Lamar Jackson but the problem is at least I've done a lot of stuff, and I know you have as well, where people identify your favorites as is, so they will go mm-hmm. ahead and bid you up. And I had that happen in a Dynasty auction draft the other day where I had Marquez Veldes-Scantling, who should probably mm-hmm. only be a 7 or $10 player, even in Dynasty format, exactly. go up to $18. And I was like, well, I oh, have the money. Geez. Forget that. I'm going to go ahead and spend on it. Oh, the, man. The, the, that's the same way too thing, much. The same thing applied to on Johnson. We'll kind of go over some of these running backs that had similar values. 
I'm a huge carry on Johnson truther. We've talked about many mm-hmm. times in the podcast. I've talked about on Sirius XM. I was going to get him because I could not get him in drafts right now. The second round price tag is too much for mm-hmm. me. I was going to get him an auction, yep. and I paid accordingly. So the quarterback <laughs> I, I did this spot. to Mario Puig. I know he loves Nick Chubb. I love yes. Nick Chubb. I paid $50 for David Johnson. Even though it's non-PPR, I think I got a value there. But I wanted to get an RB2, and I was looking on the board, and I'm like, man, Chubb and Mack are the only running backs that I actually really like that are left here. Um, I'm going to get one of those two guys. And I ended up bidding Mario up to like $54 for Chubb, which was, I think, the second or third uh, most pricey, like way pricier than David Johnson because I knew – he was going to do it, and he right. had the money left. I wouldn't have mind Chubb for fifty, fifty-two. I don't care about spending a hundred dollars on two running backs. Not my when overall studs, yeah, no. when they're studs, exactly. My overall strategy, and I was trying to coach someone else through an auction. I did their auction for them last year, and um, I, I have a conflicting auction, so I can't do it for them. I was trying to coach them through. I was like, when this is done. You should have about 90% of your budget spent on your starting lineup. You know, depth is cool and all, but you could have a sick starting lineup, and that's how you go win leagues. And that's exactly my thought process, and I didn't quite get to apply it, but this is a one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, flex, tight end, and then— Three receivers and a flex. Oh, it's three—okay, all right, three receivers, flex, tight end, and then we have a defensive end, linebacker, safety. So we do have IDPs in this stake league, and and I've learned at least throughout the last couple years that— I don't want to cheap out on it, but you can get one or two dollar guys that are going to give you roughly the same production mm-hmm. as a JJ Water, yeah. Aaron McDonald, exactly. Like four or five. I, I don't even go more than a dollar at this point. I finally learned my lesson because the first couple of years I was like, oh man, I can bid up to two dollars and get someone in our top five IDP projections, right. which our software and our cheat sheets, uh, mostly the software. I think it's easier to, to utilize on the software, but you can get rankings and projections for all IDPs if you're in that type of format. Um, so I always thought, okay, I'll go ahead and I'll punch up to $2 on these guys and I'll get someone that's a top five in a 14-team league and, and I'll be fine. But then every single year since I've been doing the stake league, I find myself cycling through these IDPs exactly. and dropping them anyway. So my budget for kicker and three IDPs is $4 and that is tops. And, and I use the rest of that money to put towards stud guys in my starting lineup. You know, I got David Johnson for 50. I got um, I got Marlon Mack for 40. I got Devonta Adams for like 47 or 49 um, and, and just getting, getting studs like that. I ended up getting Hunter Henry. I got Lamar Jackson as well in that league. I only paid $6 for him as a pair to, uh, compared to Pete who paid 9 uh in in your your version there, but uh I'm cool with that. I was I was a little worried. I was like, man, I really don't need to be spending more than a buck or two on quarterbacks. Then he came around. I think eight different quarterbacks went for 6 bucks mm. in our in ours. So I mean there was How Mahomes, early was he nominated? Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He was kind of towards the end when those when the good guys started okay. when the top 10 started drying up a little bit. Interesting. But like Lamar Jackson 6 bucks, Jameis Winston 6 bucks, Andrew Luck 6 bucks. Like oh you is all those guys thought of as the same spot. Of course that was before uh the Luck announcement here, but uh but yeah, I'm I'm cool with paying 11 in this situation because I do think you get a quarterback in a tier above the next group here. Um and again, I was disappointed with myself at first, but now looking at my team the way it shook out, I didn't take a second quarterback either. I'm gonna be, which is a little risky. Could have gotten Garoppolo in a 14 team auction. Not even anyone used him as a one dollar uh, player, which is interesting. Um, a lot of people, you know, recency bias, I guess, with all the reports coming out. But also, the benches just aren't very deep. There's only five man benches, which mm-hmm. make it very difficult to get a second quarterback. If it were a six man bench, I'd Garoppolo queued up as a one dollar player. But I ended up deciding to get. It was either Malcolm Brown or Chase Edmonds instead for a buck. So I was like, okay, I'd rather take a flyer on one of those guys. 
I want I want to double back to the IDP thing real quick. The only spot that I feel comfortable paying up for, and I I spent two dollars, so paying up is not probably the appropriate term. Uh, Daniil Hunter, the defensive lineman, mm-hmm. getting sacks is important. Getting consistent five to eight points from that defensive line is what I've found to be difficult, or at least the most most difficult to find off free agency safety or really secondary, but ends up being safety. The tackles you can generally uh, roulette style that week to week, and certainly linebacker you definitely can. So I was never going to really pay a premium for you of those, but I did want to get somebody that can get sacks because that's a consistent uh like number that gets you three points at least in this format that it's difficult to find off of free agency yeah, and i'm gonna get that from trey flowers for a buck so right. yeah and, that, and that's that's totally fine i i felt comfortable going to i that was as, as much as i did and i did go two dollars for adrian phillips only because we have somebody in the league that uh, also is a diehard char- charger mm-hmm. supporter i guess yeah. I'm not even a Charger supporter, but I know Adrian Phillips is going to yep. do just fine. An so. interesting strategy aspect for these $1 players at the ends of auctions, like say you want to nominate a $1 player earlier in the auction to help fill your roster, or if you decide you want to get Justin Tucker or Greg Zerline or one of these IDPs that's in a tier, nominate them at 2 bucks. Not everybody has to be nominated at $1 because a lot of owners out there will be like, oh, I'll go 2 bucks for them. But if you start at 2 and you're the one paying 2 the chances of someone sniping them from you for three because people picture that mentally differently in their head so that's one strategy to look at like i with david johnson again it was a recency bias from our handcuffing show and normally i wouldn't but in a 14 team league i think chase Edmonds needs to be owned and i knew so i nominated chase Edmonds out for two bucks because i know nobody in their right mind is going to go more than three four four right but uh if i put him out there at two but if i put him out there at one somebody might go two just to screw me over and make me pay three so if i get two then i'm going to be fine I did want to touch on a few other, um, at least general strategies that we discovered throughout the Stake League auction. I'm curious if any popped up from you, but I first want to get a word from our friends from Fantasy Football Evolution. Fantasy Football Evolution is back for 2019 and better than ever. You, can, you spoke and we listened. We've added mock drafting, moved the championship final to NFL Week 16, 16, and made setting up a private competition a snap. Join FFE and play the game you love as it was meant to be played. FFE's unique three-stage format delivers the best of season-long fantasy football without the never-ending drafts or late-season an absentee owner and waiver wire antics that can develop in traditional leagues play as an individual or be the commissioner of your own private league you'll get 16 weeks of action for just 25 dollars you could be the next ffe $25,000 champion just maximize your chances by owning multiple teams optional auto draft and lineup assist can help you manage them with ease it's all right here what are you waiting for register now at fantasyfootballevolution.com and join the evolution availability varies by state visit fantasyfootballevolution.com for details so i spent 54 dollars on DeAndre Hopkins in the stake league auction draft. He was one of the first. I don't think he was exactly the first of the top tier receivers that went off the board, but he was one of the first. And I looked at the prices that were paid for Christian McCaffrey, Elvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, and that was all right around the high 50s and early 60s. Mm-hmm. So DeAndre Hopkins, who's currently going the fourth or fifth overall pick in drafts, I thought, fine, $54. Mm-hmm. I feel fantastic on. And the fact that he was one of the first nominated meant I wouldn't have to worry about paying the premium for the Tyreek Hills, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams mm-hmm. that would surely come. Yeah, and in, in ours, Tyreek Hill, I think Mario got for a pretty good price. The only problem with this, and I didn't quite see, was that there wasn't enough money on the table at the time when DeAndre Hopkins was out there for somebody to also go get $50 for any of those other receivers I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I ended up paying about $10 more for Hopkins than Hill, Adams, or Michael Thomas. And while I love DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins, and he's a tier I, above, I felt okay with $10 more. I'm looking back at it now. I'm with my mm-hmm. second running back being Rashad Penny or Royce Freeman or Ronald Jones, who I all got about for $20 combined. I would have loved to spend an extra $10 to get a second tier running back that I felt mm-hmm. comfortable with. So that was one of the few times I've seen getting first on a player didn't end up benefiting me. 
Mm-hmm. Hopkins ended up first in our side of the draft too, and I was in on him for a while, right up until about fifty-two. When and then that's about where I bowed out uh, because in in my eyes, this is non-PPR. I got uh, Devonte Adams for five dollars less, and I think Devonte Adams is the number two in an, when there's no PPR because I think the PPR does help Hopkins a little bit. He gets more consistent targets, and uh, I, I believe Adams will find the end zone more, but. But Hopkins will still outscore him in PPR formats because of more regular volume. Um, so I ended up getting Devonta Adams. It was a forty-seven or forty-nine dollars, and what essentially that allowed me to do is take that extra five-dollar difference between Adams and Hopkins and put it towards Devin Singletary. That was the one bench player that uh, apparently a lot of people are on because they bid me up to five. I thought I could get him for two or three, but it allowed me to lock him in and and have him help me during hopefully what's a playoff run. So in comparison, Devontae Adams went for $45 in our league. Ezekiel L went for 55 I think I'd still rather have Zeke $1 more than DeAndre Hopkins. And I feel, again, I feel fine with the Hopkins thing, but it's just mm-hmm. interesting when we've recommended, hey, get ahead early on guys that you want and at least tier setters, which is I thought what Hopkins was going to be. But Adams at $9 less felt like a steal to me. Julio Jones went for $50. And while I'll take Hopkins for four more than uh, Julio, it was still a price savings thing where I'm like, oh man, I I, I wish I hadn't been aggressive. And I was aggressive. I'd rather overall. take Hopkins at fifty four than Julio at fifty. I think that the difference between those two is definitely worth four bucks in my eyes. Interesting. And I, I did acquire I think I spent, let's see, twenty one. Uh I spent over hundred and twenty dollars within the first forty nominations. I had Josh Gordon, Baker Mayfield, Carrion Johnson, and DeAndre Hopkins. That was fine with me. And I don't really ever enter like, oh, I'm gonna spend this amount of money uh at this point in the draft. That's never how I've really entered the the drafts going for but I thought it actually helped me because then I had money at the end to bid up some of the other players that I liked like Tyrell Williams like Ronald Jones like Royce Freeman and Rashad Penny who Mm. are all like in that 100 to 175 range on nominations I like that you not lock down the Tampa Bay backfield with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber okay you're getting one running back you're getting one but yeah I just think they're going to throw the ball 70% of the time yeah I, I hate Peyton Barber but my thought was you know what $12 for the Buccaneers backfield considering they haven't traded for Melvin Gordon yet, there hasn't been a Jarek mm-hmm. McKinnon signing from him. I, I don't know who else they're really going to get mm-hmm. that's going to make... For a coach that made David Johnson one of the premier fantasy running backs. Yeah, so that was... I mean, $12 for the Tampa Bay Buc- uh, Buccaneers, Buccaneers backfield was not a bad deal for me, but it was just interesting, that overall strategy with DeAndre Hopkins. One guy I was pretty happy to get uh, in a standard scoring in particular was Mike Williams at $26. Going to end up being my wide receiver two with either Tyrell Williams or Josh Gordon being my wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. And I tried to safeguard myself, and I'm curious if you had the same thought because you acquired Josh Gordon as well. If the event that he does miss time i'm gonna have a wide receiver three that i can automatically slot in there and i i did that at the expense of getting a for sure running back too yeah i had a safeguard a little bit as well um i don't necessarily like how mine paid out as played out as much i i, I bought anthony miller for three dollars and i bought uh, i ended up getting dd westbrook for eleven dollars i know that that's a little risky as well and my wide receiver two and three are josh gordon and dd westbrook that could that could turn south on me fast but what i did like is i got malcolm brown for one dollar because i was looking through that ravens depth chart again we both like lamar jackson we know most mm-hmm. of his value comes from his running but he's gonna have to throw to someone unless you're a huge mark andrews believer or you think that they rush the ball more than they throw would be the only NFL team to do it um I think that uh Marquise Brown or yeah Marquise Brown has a decent chance actually that was a $2 player I was cool with it he was one of my last guys and I had $2 left I think that's a sneaky receiver so that's how I handled backing up Josh Gordon I also again 
fallen into this trap again. I took Devontae Parker for a buck at the end because why the heck not? Well, that's a dollar though. Like it's, it's a it's, dollar. It's exactly. It, yeah. uh, I was curious if there's any teams from at least the Stakely draft that you ended up liking as much as it pains me to say this, Chris, Liss and I tend to have similar thought processes, but we also go at each other in these auction drafts in particular. I did like his team and it's interesting. He acquired both Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott, which to me was like, all right, great. I'm going to throw out Josh Jackson. I threw out Tony, Tony Pollard. I threw out Austin Eckler and I threw him out really early knowing that he's either going to have to put a lot of his bankroll into any of those backfields mm-hmm. or he's going to have to figure something else out afterwards. Well, he figured out something else afterwards because he got Duke Johnson for $11, which looks even better in hindsight with Lamar oh, Miller. Oh, yeah, that looks huge, you know? Uh, and then D.D. Westbrook also at $11, which meant that his wide receiver, Same as I paid. <laughs> wide receiver one is going to probably be D.D. Uh, Westbrook. But he also has Marquez Veldes-Scantling, who he sniped for me at $7. And John then has, Brown went for a buck in ours. I thought that was pretty low, but it was just everyone was ran out, running out of money. He was the top receiver on the Rotowire projections, but nobody had enough money to pay $6, $7 and John, for him. And John Brown went for $4 for me, but I don't really want to get the, uh, the buff Buffalo receiving core that much still if if either Zeke or Gordon plays forget both if either Zeke or Gordon plays the value that you have there and you can just figure out the rest of your team Zeke's elsewhere. playing they're going to figure that out can we clear that up now I, I yes I would I, I would love Zeke, to have that happen uh, yeah. because I have a lot of Zeke shares exactly I don't think Zeke's <laughs> going to miss time Gordon I do think is going to miss time possibly half the season possibly 12 weeks Zeke actually is more durable has a chance people are, are worried about Zeke I'm not worried about Zeke. I'm hoping that I can get him as a discount in my keeper auction here that's coming up on Saturday. Rotowire still prices him out at $67, the way that league's set up with inflation. But uh, overall, you asked about the uh, what I think about the teams as yeah, a whole well, here. Was it one team that you at least identified that you, you mm-hmm. liked quite a bit? Well, I, I actually like. Uh, you know, I'm not just trying to you know kiss the CEOs here. You know, you know what here, but uh, I actually like Pete's team. I think he did really well uh, with some of his values. He got he got his studs. He's got Delvin Cook for 44, who I'm, I'm warming, especially after that run in the preseason again. Don't want to take too much stock into that, but that showed me that he looks healthy and he looks ready to go. Um, if Delvin Cook plays 16 games, he's a top five running back uh, no matter what, and he got him for $44. I would have loved Delvin Cook for $44 instead of Marlon Mack at $40, so I'm jealous of that buy. He got Odell Beckham for 46 had to pay up for him, but the upside's there. Um, David Montgomery for 27 is decent. He got DJ Moore for 25 um, I really like Robbie Anderson for $12. If I could have got Robbie Anderson for 12 instead of uh, D.D. Westbrook for 11 I'd have made that switch in a heartbeat. I think Sam and Arnold can grow. And uh, Robbie Anderson could sneak into the top 20 receivers. I mean, that, that possibility is there. Um, and then, of course, he's got uh, Lamar Jackson as his quarterback. I have Lamar Jackson. He had to pay a little bit more than I did for for Lamar Jackson. But I think uh, overall, there's not too much of a weak spot on that team. He bought the Darwin Thompson hype at $6. Uh, and then his $1 players are actually going to be plenty startable, Higgins and Anunua. And, of course, he got Chase Edmonds for $1, too, who, I mean, that that could work out for him. I think uh, from top to bottom, his team's one of the strongest. At least, you know, there's you know I look through all these teams, and I everyone's got and one guy started with Todd Gurley and Joe Mixon like uh, yeah. I don't know how, how I feel about that and one guy started with Andrew Luck and George Kittle uh, you know I'm not so much there either so I, I think Pete's team actually looks really awesome in that league the other one I wanted to identify was Jason Thornberry the guy that puts together our, uh, a lot of our NFL coverage but certainly the NFL magazine does a, a huge part of that David Johnson notorious for eating two steaks at the stake yeah, yeah thankfully he's in the LA side of things or at least not in my brackets I don't have to worry about uh, he had David Johnson $56 but got Michael Thomas at 44 again $10 less than the DeAndre Hopkins. I know I, I know that Michael Thomas is going to be less of a threat in a standard format like this one, 
but still $10 less for Michael Thomas. I, I like that quite a bit. And then Keenan Allen, who again, we were kind of devaluing the, the PPR assets. And I think Allen has role at $34, even in standard scoring. And then Mark Ingram at $31. So that's a, that's a, a mm-hmm. solid four yeah. that you talked about spending 90% of your budget on stud guys. Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly and that's what essentially what he did. You can tell Thorne did a lot of Homer stuff in his, uh, his league though. Cause he ended up with Russell Wilson for 10 bucks. I, I think you could have got him for cheaper than that or an equivalent quarterback for cheaper. He paid $5 for Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner gets a ton of tackles. This is a huge IDP. But every freaking middle linebacker in the league gets a ton of tackles. And you're going to be able to find that guy on the waiver wire. You're going to find that guy for a dollar. So, uh, again, the Seahawks influences there. DK Metcalf for 4 bucks. I'm pretty much out on him at this point. So you can tell that the homer influence is there. But I do like Thorne's core. Nothing wrong with that. I do want to get to the the NFFFC NFFC auction draft that I took place uh, with Dylan McGee at least a little bit, but I want to get a word from our sponsors for sportspredictor.com. The team of professional bettors at sportspredictor.com are an elite group of long-term winners. They're here to help you beat your booking. Here's how they can help you win. The entire team at Sports Predictor have a proven profitable edge, and they're data-driven using predictive sports models to consistently find value. They're honest and transparent with every pick for every capper every day published on their website. And subscribers are limited, meaning every Sports Predictor package has a subscriber limit, and when that number is hit, it's close to new members. They also educate bettors with informative articles and the Sports Predictor podcast to help you learn from professionals. Choose a professional handicap service that operates with integrity and a winning edge. Choose sportspredictor.com. I want to talk about our leagues that we're going to have at least drafting the next week, mm-hmm. but first, let's touch a little bit on the auction draft that actually happened for me on Tuesday. Uh, we had that actually streamed on Twitch, and I have it up on my Twitter account, so if you want to go back and watch the stream and watch the draft unfold, it was pretty good. At least, at least <laughs> Super around the, fun, right? Yeah, the two and a half hour mark, there was some comedy that unfolded uh, because I we, we acquired, I think, six or seven running backs. Ronald Jones was my $2 bid, and I now have to complete my 100% owned share of Ronald Jones with that. Oh, but that was that was running back six for our team, and we were desperately in need of a wide receiver three, which was Tyrell Williams, who we identified like an hour ago that we wanted to get for 6 or $7. Mm-hmm. I had put the $2 on Ronald Jones. I had to get him, but that meant that we couldn't have the top bid on Tyrell Williams. And Dylan completely freaked out to the point that we weren't going to get Tyrell. And he's like, oh, you cost us. We're, we're toes for sure. Trusting the process worked out. We were able to get Tyrell Williams as our wide receiver three and made me feel a lot more confident about the draft overall. But this auction, I felt great. And I had Baker for $8 and Lamar Jackson for three. Combined, that's $11, similar to Stake mm-hmm. League that I paid on a quarterback that I think any one of them has quarterback one upside, which I love quite a yeah. bit. I, def- I actually like this NFFC team better than your Stake team. I guess that makes sense. They're 12-teamers, right? Yes. Okay. So and for, one yeah. was actually, it's worth pointing out that one was actually auto-drafted. So my boy Ernest has $180 on the table. He got Andrew Luck and Lamar Miller with his first two selections uh, because he wasn't there. So it just got, it was whatever Ooh, $1 boy. went there. So yeah, it was Yikes. basically 11 teams with $200, which made a difference. Mm-hmm. Our one strategy that we entered with was getting one of the big three, Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. We were going to get one of those three guys. Mm-hmm. McCaffrey went for $57 to start, and I thought, man, that was pretty high. But there you oh, go. Yeah. But there you go. He exactly. ended up being the first one and was cheapest, mm-hmm. which is why I was confused. What, are we, what, what have we thing. talked about before? There's a first mover advantage, especially when you get, you know, sometimes if you get people that are doing auctions for the first time, you have to judge the room's experience level, right? Sometimes that first player nominated, everyone's going to bid because they want to get a guy right away. They got to be active, you know? But most of the time, in an NFFC league, especially where everybody knows what they're doing, yeah, or expert leagues like you know, I don't our stake league, you can maybe call it an expert league. I think it's, it's all fair. I, I really that, do. That, I do fair. think it's fair. To say you know, it's it's a tough competitive league where le- where people know what they're doing. There's almost always a first mover advantage here, so you know, that that price might end up the guy's going to be 
the first couple guys off, they're going to be higher than what your spreadsheet says or probably what our software says. Uh, but they, then you look at the other people in that tier. You'd rather be the first person to buy the tier and then the last person to buy right. in the tier. So definitely keep that in mind heading into any auctions you have this week. And weekend. this was a PPR draft. So McCaffrey still has value at $57. I was a little bit oh, angsty wild. about that. I know. I was a little bit angsty about it and I was frustrated. Saquon Barkley went 62. Kamara had our software with all the, the uh, NFFC scoring system entered in at $59. I wasn't trying to use the software as a be all end all but i thought okay at least the software agrees that that was a, a price that we wanted to get for mm-hmm. those top three guys that was that was good and i got carry on johnson for 32 dollars, who i really love quite a bit and i had to talk to yeah, you have him to. you have him in both of your leagues that's one of the things baker mayfield is one of your common ground uh, factors there I'm, I'm cool with that i like baker mayfield uh carry on johnson you seem to be really high on there can he hit that value though if he doesn't play on third down i i well i think he's going to the release of theoretic means that the lions are going to have to be passing the ball to somebody and we're not going to see cj anderson receiving the ball zach zenner is not receiving the ball so maybe he ends up being one of the receivers receivers, but I think carry on frankly has three down value. I would not be at all surprised if he gets 50 plus receptions. I, I know that Mario had a quote on Sirius XM probably two or three weeks ago that he's a possible 70 plus reception guy. Well, I think that's aggressive. I think it's certainly in the realm of possibility. So I love him for $32 and I get that the Lions offense isn't going to be that good. And the team probably isn't gonna be that good. Six and 10 is the ceiling for that team. Fine. I, I still think he's going to be an important factor of the offense. Now I didn't want to get Kenny Galladay as well. Like I think getting carry on meant that I only need one share yeah. of the Lions offense. I'm and- warming up to Kenny Galladay more and more oh, because, I am too. because of the fact that I think they're a six and ten team. Stafford's not an elite quarterback, but he's got plenty of experience slinging it out, and Galladay's going to be the beneficiary of a lot of that. I'm already looking forward to uh, eating my Thanksgiving turkey and getting a, a thirty point lead on uh, <laughs> with Kenny yeah, Galladay. Yeah, and getting a thirty point. I'm lead getting from that Kenny with Kerryon Johnson. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. But this is a for NFC. It's one quarterback, two running back, starting three receivers, one tight end, one flex kicker defense. So again, going back to the three receiver discussion, we did get Adam Thielen for thirty dollars. Josh Gordon, I think, is a wide receiver two for this team at 15 he was 15 in an nffc that's interesting yeah so that, and he was that one price of the first is apparently ones. coming up uh, the only thing that changed between our stake league auction and this nfc one you did is that he came off the nfi list and was ready to go back to practice yep. And that it's a four dollar price, I guess. So we put Tyrell Williams is going to be our wide receiver three. I talked about that story with Ronald Jones. We have MVS at four dollars, Nicole Harbin at six, which was one of our last bids. So I think we'd probably been less if we just didn't want to make sure we got him. I'm curious though on your thoughts on Philip Lindsay for ten dollars. This was at a point where we're still looking to try maybe get an Elshon Jeffrey as our wide receiver two, or uh, I think that there was uh, not Brandon Cooks on the table, but like those kind of range of players. And Lindsay at $10 screamed too much value, despite the fact that we already had Kamara and Carrion Johnson at the time. We had Darrell Henderson, which was a $6 buy for us as well. It's, it's tough for me to pass up a guy like Lindsay, who was so cheap. But looking back at it now, I think I would have rather had the $10 to go to a, another receiver we liked over Michael Hardman at 6 mm-hmm. So 16 for a receiver and having one that's guaranteed at wide receiver mm-hmm. 2 is It's, it's funny. You're, con- you're contradicting yourself between the two drafts because one of them you have Royce Freeman for 11 and another one you have Philip Lindsay for 10 um, But at the same time, I agree that at $10 – I'm fine with that Philip Lindsay price. You know, I'm looking. So right now, I just called up for the heck of it on our draft software, uh, a keeper league that I do where there's a lot of inflation. But we have Philip Lindsay priced out as a $31 player, and I just updated projections yesterday. So um, obviously, he's more like a $20 player. Uh, you know, an 18 to $20 player probably in a standard league. But uh, for you to get him for 10 bucks, I'm not at all a Philip Lindsay guy this year. I wasn't. You know, part of it's because I wasn't last year, and I'm just being stubborn a little bit. And I think he uh, gets that production cut in to by uh by freeman a little bit there but um for 10 bucks i'd be all over that that seems value to me that's that's hardly any risk you know uh five percent of your budget 
go for it. My no thought problems. in an NFFC draft, again, you can't trade anybody. So I wanted to get running backs that I thought were good. So we got Daryl Henderson for $6, Jalen Samuels for 3 Ronald Jones for 2 Any one of those guys I honestly think could start. So we have six potential starting running backs at any point throughout the year. And I didn't want to spend a significant fab budget to get a running back that I felt confident on. I don't mind going for the receivers, just reading uh, different articles that Jeff Erickson and Chris Liss have done throughout the years on the NFFC fab budget for uh, NFL in particular. It seems like that's easier to acquire when it comes to the budget. So that was my that was my thought process, at least. Mm-hmm. I like Kenny Stills for a sneaky $1 if he gets cut or traded uh, and goes to a different team. Okay. Yeah, I was like going to say, that's an that interesting could be one a drop because I think he's going to get cut. But maybe if he goes, see, if Gordon wouldn't have came back, Kenny Stills would have been the perfect Patriot, except, I mean, the Patriots already did stockpile past their right. prime, kind of veterans. But Kenny Stills is 27. People forget that. The the one thing that uh, and I got I just got a text before we went on the air from Dylan talking about he had PTSD from Mike Evans. We were trying to get Mike Evans for thirty six dollars. We had bid on <laughs> we had bid Mike Evans for thirty six dollars and we thought we had it and then some weird glitch in the software bumped it up to thirty seven and immediately went through the timer clock and we didn't see it happen. So we missed oh, no. out on Mike Evans for thirty seven dollars and instead oh, had to go from Adam I, Thielen. I'd say 30. anything forty or less for Evans is is a steal. Oh, we and I'm we all were over ecstatic. That. Like we were on stream jumping up and now nah, we weren't jumping up and down, but we were both really excited to have Mike Evans mm-hmm. for 37 and then to have a glitch through like that was a little bit weird. I still feel fine with Adam Thielen in a PPR format at $30. Like that was plenty of value for me, but it was disappointing to not get our guy, which we had talked about before in our prep for this draft, getting Evans at 37 felt like a win. And then to see it just go away like that was like, oh my I, I God. Lo- I love the Jameis Evans combo, especially, or if you can do Jameis Evans Howard, I mean, that's more of a DFS stack than an actual fantasy yeah. team. But I think that's one of the cheaper quarterback pass catching stack options that you can get in fantasy and that intrigues the hell out of me well anyway i'm going to be writing about this draft and then kind of comparing it to the stake league draft that we already talked about uh and we'll have an article probably up on the rotoware blog site a little later this week which i'll tweet out but i'll certainly tweet out chris liss's breakdown of the actual stake league draft at least on our side of things there's already an article out for your side of the stake league draft who, who did that one again do you know Somebody did it for our side of the stake. I thought draft? they did. Oh, yeah. I thought geez. it was me. Uh, well, I'll look and make sure <laughs> if I can post those. Do you want to talk about any of the drafts quickly while we have a couple minutes that you have coming up this week? It's last week was probably the big, busiest draft season for America, but at least for you and I, it feels like this week is going to be end up being the busiest draft season for us. Yeah, no, we, we had thought about maybe doing some ADP risers on the show and there's definitely guys that are sneaking up, up draft boards, you know, your Darwin Thompson types, of course, of course, Tony Pollard, but as long as Ezekiel Elliott doesn't have a contract, um, you want to stay tuned to that but the biggest thing you can do if you have a draft this weekend or any weekend whatsoever and uh it's arguably the most important advice no matter what fantasy sport that you are playing is you need to if you're going to do anything at all you need to read your league's scoring settings read your league's roster settings make sure there's nothing unique about that you can't go for example you can't go into a standard draft room list uh to draft a QB Superflex League. The rankings are just different. Um, and very rarely are you in a league that perfectly aligns with your league draft uh, settings. So you definitely need to read your rules, be familiar with that, especially if it's your first time in a league. Obviously, I'm biased. I want you to use the RotoWire draft software or even the online cheat sheets because you can type in all your league settings and it'll give you rankings or auction values based on that. Um, but it's very important, even if it's just PPR versus non-PPR, there's a pretty big difference in the rankings. There's a lot of players that go up five to six spots. Duke Johnson is one of them we talked about. Julian Edelman was one of them we talked about. They're just ranked differently. So you need to make sure that you're using a set of rankings that is custom for your league. Heck, even if you just go to rotowire.com slash pod and you know, you're know you against paying for anything, you get a 10-day trial. Get your rankings, print them out for your draft. and then Or 
export them to Excel, which we have, and then make your own personal adjustments. That's really the best thing you can do if you have enough time to do that. That 10-day free trial also applies to the software, right? No. No. That's the one thing that we can't have. Okay, you're going to take this, use it for your draft, and then be done. But there are are web-based online ranking generators, and there's a web-based mock draft tool that we have on the website here. So the 10-day trial will get you all of that. Um, Hopefully, we can earn your business for a month or two of the season. But either way, pay for us or not, you're going to be prepared, better prepared than your league mates by having that custom cheat sheet. Uh, like I said, PPR, QB Superflex, you know, whether it's two receivers, three receivers, what that does to the value of running backs. There's a lot of counterintuitive things, what your bench size does. There's so many little things that uh, can really affect the rankings and make them different from the default. So if I'm going to preach anything, it's understand, know your league scoring systems and understand how those intricacies apply to what your strategy needs to be on draft day. I'm going to add on to that and just point out that whatever place you're drafting on, whether it's NFL.com, Yahoo, ESPN, any of those leagues, they have their own predetermined ADP. So different players are higher or lower than others. I think Damian Williams in particular is like a fifth round guy for ESPN. Make sure you're aware of what the site's ADP has for players, particularly in snake draft formats. It doesn't so much matter in auction, but in snake draft formats, make sure you're aware of that. Check it beforehand. Even do a mock draft on that site to look at what it is because you can get value just based off the ADP because people aren't going to be checking where mm-hmm. Josh Gordon is going or where exactly. Duke Johnson is going mm-hmm. on those ADPs. Yeah, I'm very much against drafting solely off of ADP, but you need to have some kind of ADP figure side by side because there's going to be guys that you really like and that you know you're going to have to stretch for. But the ADP, what that's used for is to decide how much you actually have to stretch for them. Like You don't need to go 20 spots above their ADP even if you have them ranked as the next person to draft. Get another player and then grab them in the next round because every pick like that matters. So ADP is important. It's definitely not your end-all be-all, but definitely use some kind of ADP and try to fit one that's closest to your league. We have different kinds of ADPs for 14, 12, and 16 team, regular, half, and full PPR. Those are all on rotowire.com. But there's ADP lists all, all over the place that are, that are easy to use. You can filter them by date so you kind of can get your Darwin Thompson and Tony Pollard moving right. up, Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton moving down, uh, obviously the Mar- Miller going down, Duke Johnson going up. So you definitely want to get it get something that's as close to your league as possible. Of course, the setting thing, the whole rant I just did, and then uh, something that you can use to kind of compare when you will actually need to take these players. It, uh, worth pointing out as well, we were talking about the standard and auction formats as well. Uh, Andrew Laird, our soccer editor, but also does a lot of DFS work for us. He teased a little bit on the Friday DFS podcast that he did um, last week that there's going to be a lot more DFS tools coming for NFL season. Stay tuned for that. Um, Rotowire.com slash pod again gives you 10 days of free access, which also includes a lot of those different DFS tools that you can use when it comes around to the NFL season. I know I'm going to be pretty active when it comes to NFL. Last year I did all right. I want to see if I can at least do two years in a row for that. Mm-hmm. So just yep. keep in tune if you're into DFS as well that it applies mm-hmm. to the rotowire.com slash pod, 10-day mm-hmm. free access. Also and rate, that. rate and review that pod. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, please. That's the biggest thing you can do to help us. Leave us a nice review. Um, you don't even need an iTunes account. You can just uh, you can make an iTunes account for nothing and go ahead and put a review on there. Get after us on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports at Roto Jake. I'm happy to do keeper questions. That's one. That, those are one of my favorites. I love seeing people's keeper dilemmas on Twitter and then trying to weigh in on that and trying to pick out a couple guys. So uh, uh, yeah, very very interesting there. Uh, give me as many details as possible and I'll try to help you out because I've got my own keeper dilemmas, of course. Yes, and I got to think this out every year before we had inflation. On our auction software, um, I wrote an article on how to calculate inflation. So I definitely uh, am very keeper league oriented and um, I'm very happy to help out with those. Keeper oriented and also going to be free agent pickup oriented as well starting next week, Tuesday for podcast. We'll be touching on players that uh, are going to make for good fab pickups and guys that we could target overall. So until then, see you next time.